This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn. Oh, he's hot. With an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters, May 31st. Probiotics can be an important part of your daily routine, and they certainly are a part of mine, but sometimes they are a hassle to take. Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply, valid through July 31st. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Visit lisa.com forward slash Chelsea to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Chelsea. Hello, listeners. How are you today? How is everybody today? I hope just wonderful. Yes, I do too. You know who's thriving at home? Who? Bernice. Is she yeah. Is she yeah. just really giving it's you all the love? Every time one of my dogs dies, the other dog is fucking happy. Now she gets all the attention. And yeah. she's, I realized how marginalized she must have felt. I mean, she was always the one who wanted to be spoiled the most, right? I think so. Yeah. Because yeah. she looks now like she's now she's flirty. Like she comes in like, hey, are you up? Let's hang. Oh. And it's really cute. And she doesn't seem to be bothered by the fact that Bert isn't there at all. Oh. Um, and that happened also when my older dog Tammy died and Chunk was left. Mm-hmm. He got a pep in his step as soon wow. as she was out of the way. Man. Interesting dynamics. That, that is an interesting dynamic. Like maybe they were just waiting for the other one to die. Well, they clearly don't have the affinity for the other dogs as the way that we want to believe that they do. You want to believe your children love each other, but the reality <laughs> is they don't. So we had a dog who was a Great Pyrenees, and there were these huge dogs. They're all white. And this dog sort of had the personality of a cat, very like, I'll come to you sort of energy. And when our older dog died, she, who she had basically been raised by, she turned orange and she got super depressed. She did also get more like snuggly, wanted to be with you, wanted to hang out. She definitely became more of a people person. What about your two dogs now? They're in love, right? Well, that's actually an interesting conversation because apparently we didn't know that you're not technically supposed to get sibling puppies. And so there was a bit of an adjustment period where they were like fighting all the time. Oh, and how annoying. I know. Honestly, like I was so upset about it because they were fighting like in this way, these tiny puppies and just like fighting in this way that was like really aggressive. Nobody's drawn blood. But I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. Brad, we might have to rehome Lottie because she's like going after Wendell. And then I found this perfect solution, which was basically training them out of it by using a squirt bottle. And I did not think it would work. And it fully works. It just snaps them out of an argument. And then we do a little training. Calm is their new command after they like break up a fight and they have to come and sit calmly. So now they're starting to like when I say calm, they're just coming over and like breaking it up. So. I'm so relieved, honestly, and yeah, it's getting a lot really better. that's really something that I would not be equipped to deal with. No. I, oh, my gosh. I had no thought in my mind that it could be a bad thing. Mm. And so careful out there. If you're trying to get a puppy, don't get to. You know what? I just... <laughs> okay. Well, if you don't want a puppy, you can buy a hyperbaric chamber. I just got one of those installed <laughs> into my house. 
because I came back from skiing and my knees are just so messed up. Yes. So I got one and then I was like, okay, and I'm going to get one of my lasers done. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a CO2 laser on my face and neck. And so I'm excited about this because... They're not as strong, the ones you get for your house, mm-hmm. as the ones where you go to like a clinic and get it done, but you could sleep in it if you want. Really? Yeah. Would I you do like, that? Well, like, no, uh, I doubt it, but I could go in there and read for two hours a day. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? Right, right. So that's exactly. easy. Like, I can, last night I did one hour, tonight I'm going to do two. You have to be cumulative about yeah, it. Yeah, you can't just like start with four hours sort or, of thing. Well, no, I mean like, you have to be consistent and do mm-hmm. it. Like, if you do it once in a while, it doesn't work, I don't think. Does it depuff? Like, what's the what's it's the benefit? It's like you're getting 150 I'm at one atmospheric pressure, which, who, you know, me and my space degree, who the fuck knows what that means. But you're at like 150% oxygen, oh. whereas we're at 50% right now. Oh like gosh. we're getting 50% of oxygen. Right, I don't right. know what else we're getting. Nitrogen, I mean, maybe? I don't know. Uh, some other yeah. things. I don't know. Carbon dioxide? I'm not sure what's be. happening. Carbon monoxide, probably a little <laughs> bit of that, too. So, yeah, it's supposed to be really good for injuries, inflammation, reducing oh. swelling, you know, all that stuff. So the house that we bought has a pool and we have not yet put a heater in it. I'm like, should I just become one of those people who does cold plunges? I don't know. I don't know if I'm brave enough for that, but I'm tempted. Have you ever done one? Mm, I have. I just got one of those things too, a cold plunge pool. Yeah. I haven't used it yet though. I'm saving that for the new house when it's ready. Yeah. I I don't think I need both of those things. I think (laughs) I like cold actually, but I don't like it that cold. That's a little, but that's got to be really good for you. And that's only three minutes. Like a hyperbaric chamber, you have to be in for an hour, you know, two hours a day. Like, that's a little more time-consuming, but a good excuse to read and not be on my phone. Take some you time Uh in the hyperbaric chamber. (laughs) Chelsea, I'm so excited for our guest today. Uh, It's Bianca. Do you want to tell us a little bit about her? Okay, Bianca Del Rio is the host of The Pit Stop, which is the official review show of RuPaul's Drag Race. And her alter ego is Roy Haylock, and that's who's here today. Hello, Roy. Hello. Hi, sweet cheeks. How are you? We're happy to see you. Since drag is such a hot topic these last few months, drag shows are being banned. Was it the state of Mississippi or Tennessee? Tennessee. 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 Okay. Which is very confusing because what's Nashville going to do? Well, also, like, what's Dolly Parton going to do? I mean, let's be real here. Drag. It's a serious thing. Tennessee's all fucked up. They're not as bad as Florida, though. But it is pretty insane that this is happening. Uh, Have they been banned in Florida, too, drag shows? No, not yet, but it's on their way. You know, DeSantis is losing his mind over there. So he's just been creeping out on other topics, basically, about the trans youth and dealing with trans people in general, because apparently the orders that they're making are just kind of vague. It's like blanket situations where it's leading things to where they could kind of decide what they think is right or wrong in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of fucked. Yeah, he's taking a lot of latitude because he's going after everything that's going to make him like a political hero, right? Yes. Like taking the power away from Disney World, which doesn't sound actually that bad when you read about it because you're like, wait, why is Disney World have their own municipality? <laughs> like, what is that? But right. whatever. Forget about that. When we're talking about critical race theory, when we're talking about LGBTQ and in books and they're now they're, you know, I, I was funny. I posted something the other day about banning books in Florida and how, you know, Floridians really need to get their shit together, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I got all these responses from people who saying, well, I mean, there's pornographic material in these books. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about solely. We're not talking about porn. We're talking about exposure (laughs) to LGBTQ people. And we're talking about critical race theory. Like porn is the least of it. And I mean, there's a lot of porn in the Bible. Let's be real. These people that (laughs) clutch up to the Bible. I'm so done with the religious aspect of it or the people that say my moral compass is is about this and I live by the Bible. You know what? Go clean the Catholic church. Go fix that motherfuckers because this is your people this is your deal you know there's gays in the church walking around with a purse that's on fire up and down the aisle wearing robes telling stories it's no different than children's story hour but why don't you fix that raping children i mean hello truly like why don't you give me one priest and one person who dresses in drag and see what their record is of assaulting little children Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. It's just absolutely insane. It's also this thing now where I think that they have to find a way to, as you said, to become the hero. So they're just picking on any group they can possibly do this with. And it's just insane that this is the topic now. It's like, look, I'm I'm a person who does drag, obviously, and I don't believe in children coming to my show. My show is always 18, 21 up. That's my thing. So I'm not one of the children's story hour people, but I never... Neither neither am I. Yeah, well, (laughs) agree. 
agreed. But it's that thing where I'm like, you know, this is not my thing, but I do understand that if a parent feels that, hey, this is what I want to do, bring my child or expose them to that, they should have the right to do it. You know, it shouldn't mm. be up to quote unquote legislation or some guy with small dick energy. It all just is so counterintuitive to the Republican Party's platform, you know, not to get oh. too political here, but like, you know, Republicans are historically known for getting decisions out of government. They, right. they hate big government. They hate right. it. Except Supposedly. when it's talking about taking people's rights away. Then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want a hand in this. So it's just yeah. so hypocritical, all of it. I mean, obviously, the Republican Party has lost their way a long time ago. So we can't be expecting too much from them, especially with people like Ron DeSantis. It was funny. I listened to this thing on Ron DeSantis yesterday, like the, the genesis of Ron DeSantis. And I forgot. Remember, you guys, when that commercial came out before Trump was elected, because everyone had to like cozy up to Trump because he was looking like the possible candidate. But right. it was like in 2018, I think, when DeSantis ran for Congress originally. And he had to put an ad together and his wife was like, he plays with our kids. And what they were playing was building a wall. And yes. then he's like, look, Jesus. my kids know how to, and yes. I remember spoof- spoofing that when I was yeah. doing a TV show at the time because we were like, who's this idiot? And I was like, oh fuck, that was Ron DeSantis? We're in for it because this guy is still around and that was only like, what, five years ago? Isn't it crazy? Yes, that was him. Yep, now he's just bootlicking, but now he's on his own little platform here. And that's the scary part about it is just to think that, I mean, Florida's its own little world at this point you know and you sit back thinking how is this fucking happening how is this happening in real time how is this how is this our world i don't get it yeah uh anyway let's move on back to you instead of me just going off about everybody i fucking hate you know what i mean i've decided 2023 is the year of conflict and confrontation (laughs) (laughs) that makes total fucking sense and listen also i just wanted to say happy belated birthday i see you just had a birthday and you were out on the slopes i was pissing myself how did Uh, you survive that you know what? I got to tell you, it's pretty enjoyable. Like, is it? It's it's exhilarating. Like, you're not cold because you have yeah. so much adrenaline. Like, first of all, we're trying to be discreet because we're yeah. trying not to have too many people see me because they'll they'll film me and then it's blown. Yeah. Or we're trying to hide from Ski Patrol. But this year, Ski Patrol <laughs> saw us and then <laughs> came back. And picked us up and dragged us out of there because we're like, we need another half hour. And they're like, all right, well, then this is going to close and we would have to really like walk out. And yeah. so the guy came back and tugged us out, which was really cute. Fabulous. So that was great. Nice. So now they've given up. And that's how yeah. I feel about pushing against authority. Like, yes. If you push hard enough, eventually the doors just open and the flooding <laughs> starts. And then they're just like, fuck it. It's happening yeah. and it's going to happen. It's just sheer exhaustion. They just don't want to bother anymore. They're like, ah, fuck it. Let's just roll with it. Yeah, like the first year I made a ski video, the ski patrol found me, or they were looking for me actively, but they didn't know I had already shot it two days earlier. They thought I was doing it in real time. I'm like, no, that was two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next year, I got a warning from the mountain that I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to drink and smoke pot on the mountain. And then the next year. I skied off the mountain. We did backcountry because I don't want to deal with those fucking people. And then this year, they're just like, you know what? They're, they don't. They have Do no. They, ha- they have no fight left in them. Do your thing. Do your yeah. thing. So that's how we always have to push up. Everyone who's listening, you have to keep going. You have to break the door down. You know, especially Agreed. when it's in the name of just joyousness and celebration and fun, and you're not hurting anybody. Right. So and art. And art. And art. Don't forget art. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Please. Don't forget what an artist I am. (laughs) So let's talk about, I think, actually, a good lesson. Sorry to make you a teacher for a little bit. No, it's all good. Let's talk about she and her and pronouns. And I think it's always good to kind of refresh people who are confused still about what everything means. When you're in drag, you prefer to be referred to as a she or a her, correct? It's, you know what? I accept anything. I accept cunt and face. I mean, I'm I'm pretty cool with it because I'm of a certain age. I too accept cunt face. I'm with it's you. It's true. It's true. I mean, I'm of a certain age where it's like, you know, I didn't think about those things. And I, I guess being a drag queen for so many years, I just answer to any of it. So me, I'm just whatever. As long as you get the right name on the check, I don't give a shit. I'm old enough to even say the check because who the fuck gets a check anymore but it's that thing where for me it doesn't bother me at all so i mean i can be called anything okay well that's great to know for me for you <laughs> and then when you're not in drag you're you identify as a man correct yeah well the, the jury shit out on that one it depends <laughs> on who we talk to i'm a little light in my loafers but yeah i would assume yes yes that works for me and are you in a relationship 
Oh, currently, yeah, shockingly. And I say that very begrudgingly and carefully because, you know, when you get to a certain age, Chelsea, you start thinking you don't want to mention the fuckboys because we've all been there and we've all been like, oh, this is the one, this is it. I'm not one of those people that proclaim it on Facebook but or Instagram or any of that madness. But, you know, every now and then they catch a picture of you and then people think, yeah, this is it. And then you end up fucking yourself. You know, you end up getting screwed over and then you have to explain to the world in some form or fashion, hey, this didn't work out. So I've been low key with this one for about a year. So it's been hard to keep a secret. You know, gays can't keep a secret, but we've been no. trying. Yeah. And a year and getting like gay life is a really long time. That's like Very seven so. years, right? Yes, I mean, about you guys... seven years. <laughs> Not lesbian though. Lesbian's about 12 years, but this is about seven years in, in the gay world. Yes. But well, I feel like lesbians have, are they stay together longer. No? Yeah, because they're lazy. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's all about, <laughs> listen, I would be a lesbian because it's all about comfort. Look at the costumes, look at the outfit, look at the choices of hair. Mm-hmm. Look at a cat. A cat can take care of themselves. Think about it. it. Think about it, though. It's like it's literally all about comfort. So I would totally be a lesbian. A cat can take care of themselves. It's a different world for for a lesbian. I mean, they've got it figured out. And is this your first serious relationship or no? Oh hell no! I've had I've had a couple. I mean I'm I'm gonna I'm 47, so I've been around the block and oh. I've had the good ones and the bad ones. But you know it's you get to that point where you're like, all right, let's see if this is working. And slowly this has been working, shockingly. And what do you think makes it work for you? Well, <laughs> giving up, giving up, Chelsea. That's it. Just giving up, like you said. Uh, no, it's more or less. I, just kind of being with an adult. Does that make sense? I, I don't even know if it's about age, but it's more about just being an adult. He's got his own shit. He doesn't give a fuck what I do. He doesn't care about drag. He's not interested in it, which is a lovely thing, you know? Doesn't even ask questions about it, which makes it so much more entertaining, you know? Because <laughs> I can go do my thing, he can go do his, and then we meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. And how much of your life does drag take up? Far too much. I mean, it's your profession, really, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's kind of like you got to create your own world. So for me, it's usually when I'm out on the road, I just finished a tour where I was out for what, 13 months. And so we did uh, 129 shows in 27 countries and 99 cities. So that's the schedule, you know, and that's not just going out, but it's like going out with drag. You know, you got your meet and greets before the show. You got to get in the drag. You got to pack the drag. You got to go to the other countries and stuff. So it's a lot there. And it's not so much like, oh, my life is difficult. It just means, you know, when you're in the monkey suit, you're ready to entertain. When you're out of the monkey suit, you're like, get the fuck away from me. I need to sleep. I need to drink. I need to be, you know, I don't want to be bothered. So I guess that's the, the, the packaging for it. You know, you start to realize it's a lot physically and mentally. Then you go, how fucking lucky to get to travel the world and do what I do. You know? Yeah, it expends, I'm sure it expends a lot of energy. There must be days where you just do not feel like getting it up, right? Like getting your outfit together and doing the whole oh, hair and makeup, yeah. right? I mean, I know as a woman that I don't want to do that on most days. <laughs> No, no, it's true. It, and it is kind of exhausting. But then in the end, you realize, you know, if I don't wear the wig or the makeup, I got to have the packaging to make it theatrical. How long does it take you to get in drag? I'm curious. Uh, I could get ready in about an hour. You know, if I have oh, everything. Oh, okay. If I ha- yeah, I'm not one of those. Uh, if you've seen me, I don't blend. <laughs> yes. uh, so it's not like I'm sitting back doing this whole, you know, luxurious moment thing. It's not that fancy for me. But literally, if everything is in a room, I could do it within an hour. And what about the culture of your profession? I would assume it could be pretty catty, but oh, that's God, just... Yes. Okay, okay. But, th- so. but I mean, the cattiness of it, though, That's those are the people that are your friends. You know, everybody that's a cunt is my friend. You know, that's we get it. That's kind of part of it, right? Giving each yes. other shit in an exaggerated way because you're on top of it. You are drag queens who kind of do that for a living. Without a doubt. And I think I have, I always, I'm always suspicious of drag queens that don't drink and they don't have a fucking sense of humor. I go, how can you mm. not have any of those? And so for me, you know, when I started out, I was working in, in gay bars and, and you would do gay bars or cabaret spaces. That's the only place you could find a drag queen. But now you walk outside, they're fucking hanging from the trees. Everywhere you go is some stupid bitch with a wig on saying, drag, save my life. No, no, that's not how I look at it. For me, it's a job. It's what I do. And it's not necessarily my identity. But when I'm in it, let's go have fucking fun. You know, let's let's make the best of it. Take the piss out of each other, basically. Yeah, that's fun. Where are you based out of? Uh, currently, I'm in uh, Palm Springs because it was cheaper than having plastic surgery. You know, you just come out here where the old people are and immediately you look better. So oh, I've yeah. been out here now for about, since the pandemic, for about three years. Oh, really? I was going to guess that you were in Miami just by your decor behind you. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Palm Springs. Everything's white. Even my neighbors. That's a whole other story. <laughs> because I am the brownest thing in this neighborhood that doesn't have a lawnmower. But... That's a whole other story. <laughs> okay, well, Catherine. Yes. We're going to take calls yeah, sure. from people. You're going to expend great advice, as I, <laughs> I can suspect you're very good at giving. Sure. 
And we're going to help people along with their problems today. We're going to help people with problems. And we curate great. we curate the episodes to our guests. Yes. So we have questions that I think you'll be able to relate to. Okay. Or at yes. least Catherine thinks. Uh, yeah. Catherine, <laughs> Catherine produces all our episodes. Every time I come here, it's a surprise. Yes, exactly. Well, I'm going to make us take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Bianca and Chelsea. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street. Directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. Along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald, the film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. Here's an important life tip. It is absolutely essential that you always know where to find a delicious sandwich at a moment's notice. Usually the answer is as easy as Jimmy John's. You know you're always getting some good sandwiches because they make them with fresh baked bread, premium quality meats, and hand-sliced veggies. Like their Italian nightclub made with salami, capicolo, ham, and provolone. Everybody loves that one. So if you're looking for the sandwich of sandwiches, order on the Jimmy John's app or online at jimmyjohns.com today. Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, Dad should be helping with that stuff, too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give Mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about the Books Company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. Probiotics can be a very important part of your daily routine. They certainly are part of mine, but sometimes uh, they're a hassle to take. So Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. With 1 billion active cultures, they protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they are designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, helping them survive the journey to your small intestine, where they're needed most. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at the checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. And we're back. We're back. We're back. Brad, our engineer, quick question. Is Rob on the line or no? Uh, No, Rob. Just Danny and Brian. (laughs) Are you? I'm sorry, Brad. (laughs) Are you listening to Whitney Houston? Feeling it. Watching Instagram videos. Uh, Brad's favorite song is I Want to Dance with Somebody. Like, no Uh, lie. And he doesn't dance. He doesn't dance. That's crazy. He doesn't dance. Catherine, you know I love Celine Dion. That's not accurate. So Celine Dion is where it's at, actually. She's pretty fucking funny. I didn't realize Celine Dion was funny. Hysterical. Yeah, a drag queen introduced me to her. Well, yes. not introduced me, but verified. He's like, Chelsea, you have got to watch her. She fucks around and she's really funny. And I was like, yes, oh, she's I didn't know. Yes, in that awkward in that awkward way, which makes it so fucking fun. Yeah, in, the, in an awkward French-Canadian way. Yeah, that too. <laughs> All right. Well, so Brad, sorry, we don't have him on, correct? Uh, no. Okay. And All my right. heart will go well, on. Uh, <laughs> Okay, wonderful. I think this question is great for both of you. Oh. So Rob is writing in from Toronto. 
He says, Dear Chelsea, after an emotionally exhausting relationship with someone who I thought was going to be my person, I ended things after coming to the conclusion that he was manipulating me and playing games due to what I believe were narcissistic tendencies. This scenario forced me to call him out on his behavior and block him so he would stop reaching out to try and convince me that he had changed and that we should get back together. Luckily, I've moved forward and been able to get back on the mend. But here's the issue. He and I fell in love over a common interest. We both want to pursue a career in comedy and writing. Now, him being further along in his career means he's become a part of that world in our city. Meanwhile, little old me is just getting started. It means that I'll have to see him, interact with him, and deal with him again after coming to the incredibly hard conclusion that the best thing for me would be to never have to see him again. I don't have any intention to sacrifice my career ambitions, but I'm also unsure how to face all that anxiety, depression, and emotional trauma all over again. How do I honor the part of me that wants to make this a reality while also honoring the part of me that has urged me to stay away? Rob. I'll go first, okay, Roy? Got it. And you can follow up. First of all, huge opportunity for growth right here. Huge growth opportunity. As they would say in any book, whenever you have to be faced with something, you're already saying that you're going to pursue your career. He's going to be in the same career. There's nothing you can do about it. All you can control is the way that you react to the situation and handle the situation. And you have a huge opportunity to handle it with dignity and with grace and with self-respect. And respect for him, too. It didn't work out. That doesn't mean anything anything. You don't have to harbor ill will for that person. In fact, you should want that person to be able to find what they're looking for, regardless of whether they're a narcissist or how they treated you or the dynamic of your relationship. You should want the best for him. And if you keep saying that to yourself, eventually you'll start to believe that you want the best for him. Sometimes you kind of have to trick yourself into thinking that. But this is a great, great life lesson. I mean, I'm excited for you because you could go into this and be like, I am going to crush this. You know what I mean? I'm going to get an A plus in this class of of like being a higher person and leading the way. You are going to be an example of to show him and the people around you how to behave after a breakup. Rob, I say move. Pack your shit and move. Listen, <laughs> gays are the fucking worst. They will haunt you. They will drive you crazy. Get the fuck out of town. No, the thing, is, I, you know, this is the thing. I mean, Chelsea's right. Be the bigger person, which can be very difficult when you're dealing with gay people because they don't sit well with it. The fact that you both were in the same profession, that alone is a fucking nightmare. I can't, I would never. Would you date another comedian? Oh, I guess I shouldn't ask Chelsea. But I mean, in general, for me, I couldn't imagine dating another drag queen. I think that would be quite problematic, you know? So I don't know if I could do it. So you're a better person for even giving that fucker an opportunity. But just just have a drink and remember that, you know, one day he's going to die. And that should make you feel better. And that should help you get through this. Yeah. That's how I look at it. There's two sides of the coin in that advice right there. <laughs> well, our next question comes from Danny. Danny says, Dear Chelsea... My friend, who I'll call Matt, and I have been close friends since college. For the last 20 years, he's been a faithful, loyal friend who I've shared good times and bad times with. He's funny. He's loyal. He's sassy. We both came out at around the same time in life. We've gone through a lot together, and he's family to me. He still lives in Dallas, where we went to school. I live in Boston with my husband. Matt visits frequently, and there's one side of him that makes it difficult to have him around. He has loud outbursts at times at restaurants, on the streets, and he even said something out the window to my neighbor who has severe mental health issues. He whistles at people at bars and says obnoxious shit to strangers in the streets. He's meaning to be funny or playful, but it makes me want to disappear out of humiliation. It's the behavior of a teenager, and we are 40 years old. I've asked him repeatedly to please stop, and he doesn't seem to understand how embarrassing this is for me. I've gotten to the point where I feel like I need to tell him this behavior must stop immediately or he can't come to visit anymore. He's never responded well to criticism, so I'm at a loss on how to approach him with this, as he's already experiencing some loneliness in his life and therefore likes visiting frequently. Much love from Boston, Danny. I think we all have some loud friends. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. all do. <laughs> loud. Well, I took it personal. I thought he was describing me. Danny, <laughs> this is challenging. It's annoying when somebody thinks they're funny and uh -huh. they're not being funny. I can't fake laugh at something that I don't think is funny. So that's annoying, a really annoying quality. Hi, Danny. Hi, Danny. Hi, how are you? Good. Hi. Right. We, hear, we hear your friend Matt as being very annoying. Yes, very much so. Yeah, that is really annoying, by the way. I hate that when guys, I, I hate loud when people are screaming and loud, you know? 
And yeah. I also hate when people think they're funny and they're not. And you're supposed to pretend to laugh or not or whatever. Anyway, I think your friend is worth losing. And I've been influenced already by Roy on this podcast Move. today. So Move. I know. I think your friend is, if you lost him, it's not that big of a detriment to you, is it? I mean, yeah, so that that's the that's the complicated part. I mean, he so we've been friends for I mean, 22 years if I'm doing the math right. So, it would feel like a huge impact for me, but like I was telling Catherine yesterday, I I know you guys are busy, so I won't give you my whole story, but we're busy fucking doing this podcast. I mean, we're busy <laughs> listening to callers. So, yeah, give us your story. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Chelsea. I mean, you know, keep it succinct, though. <laughs> so I grew up in very, like, small-town Texas. I left my small fucking town and moved to Boston and have the career I want and a tall, gorgeous Italian husband and basically killing it. And, <laughs> like, I, it's the truth. And And it's that thing where it's just here in my new life that I have here that I've worked very hard for. I live with, like, co-respect, if that makes sense. Like, let's live positively towards each other and that type of thing. But I am not I am not going to suffer fools, and I'm not going to put up with people's bullshit anymore. And I deserve respect like anybody else deserves respect. But he probably doesn't think he's disrespecting you in his defense. He thinks he's being entertaining or funny, you know? Oh, totally. totally. And also, Danny, you said you've been friends for like 22 years. Now, has he been annoying the fuck out of you for 22 years? Or is it just recently that he started annoying you? Good is he question. jealous because you've got that fine piece of Italian man? Is that what's setting him off, that he's forced to talk to strangers to make himself be noticed? <laughs> is that what it is, Danny? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think it's that at all. I mean, I think that it's always been there in some capacity, but then it's just a mixture of things. So I live in a different city and then he turns into this like quote unquote city person when he's here. And I'm like, look the fuck around you. No one else is acting like that. And all of us live here. <laughs> what exactly does he turn into? If he's it's, coming from It's like a it's like a get out of my way, like no, like whatever. And I'm like, you're kind of the one being Mr. Nonsense and irritating everybody. Because it's one of these older friendships where they're used to me being that person. It feels like I have to handle that new version of me a little bit more delicately. But then I live in Cambridge. I live very close to Harvard Square for 11 years. I know people and you're embarrassing me and people in my building know me and all these things. So that's, I think that's where I'm having such a hard time. How do I go? Can you please knock this the fuck off and be 40? Cause you're not like a 15 year old girl. Yes, absolutely. But obviously you've said it to him in the past, right? Yes, I have. Yeah. And did you say it like you just said it to us? Knock the knock it the fuck off. You're embarrassing the shit out of us. You're 40. You're 40. And there's nothing worse than telling a gay person they're 40. That's a fucking reality check. It's definitely going to wreck his nerves. And it sounds like you hate him, Danny. It sounds like you've made that. You've already got all this figured out. You hate him. Just drop him. <laughs> it's not worth all the grief. <laughs> no, I definitely don't feel like I hate him. I think with my own personal growth and... People have had to have compassion for me when I was just being a fucking idiot in places in my life. Sure. But I, I I went, oh, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I will not. I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah, I think it's your approach. I think if you say it to him in a much more gentle, loving way, like uh -huh. in a thoughtful way where the conversation isn't a reaction to his behavior, it's actually aside from his behavior. You know, you either have a phone call or see him in person, whatever feels right to you. But I think you can address this and be like, listen, I know we've joked about it and I've been kind of a shit about it in the past reactive to your behavior but I have to tell you it's not funny and it makes other people uncomfortable and it makes me uncomfortable and like say it in a really loving way like I care about our friendship it's been 22 years it's starting to become an issue like you don't seem to have any self-awareness around this issue that you know right. how you're coming across isn't what you think it is and you know without assailing him but just laying it on the table in a more loving way yeah, and I think there's also something there with, like, when we're out at the bar, like, be yourself, be your crazy self. We love to see it. But when we're walking home late at night in my neighborhood where I know all these people who are 80 or whatever. And one who has, is mentally ill. Like, we right. don't need you triggering them or screaming yes. at them. And if he can't get it together and he can't obey by those rules, then, you know, maybe he doesn't come to say anymore.
Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's where I'm at. I want to have space for everybody in my life. If they're Texas people or Boston people or wherever people, if it's someone I love, I want to have space for them in my life. But for me, it's just like you're literally taking space from me by being here. Well, he's got to meet you halfway. He's got to meet you halfway. He's, he's got to be respectful of what you're going through as well. Yes. Totally. That's really great advice in terms of just approaching it a little bit more gently. And also, I, I think just bringing it up when it's not a place where I am just ready to go right. off. Yeah. I think that's the bigger part is I need to get to a place where I can separate myself from the problem and go, this isn't mine to carry. So Yeah. Yep. And it's also okay to set that boundary with your friends. And remember, you're in Cambridge and you got that fine man. Don't worry about that little bitch. <laughs> you can't that's worry right. about him all the time. He's in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Just yeah. turn your turn that beat around and focus on your big Italian sausage. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Danny. Thanks, Danny. Hey, thank you all. Thank you. Bye. 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 I love Danny. I, I love Danny too. I was just thinking about my big Italian sausage. I was as I said that I was like, I've never had a big Italian sausage. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I did. I dated an Italian guy who yeah. lived in Spain, but I dated him for a couple of months. Well, oh. no, we had like a long term kind of come and go affair. Like we'd meet each other in cities. It was pretty cute, actually. Yeah. How long yeah, did that but last? He had, over the course of like a year or two, nice. we were never fun. like we were never like exclusive. It was right. just an understood. A moment. We we would meet up in different cities, which is my favorite thing really to do for of having course. sex anyway. Yeah, Chelsea, you have area codes. <laughs> I know. I love. I love a man in every port. You know what I mean? <laughs> As you should, Chelsea. Are you sure you're not a gay man? I mean, this I, is this no. Is, I'm not. I'm not I mean, sure. I don't know if I'm a lesbian or a gay man, but I feel like I am definitely on the other side of things. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Well, our next question comes from Brian. Brian's also here with us on the phone. He says, Dear Chelsea, I'm writing because I need some advice that I haven't been able to get from a therapist. A thing that haunts me is the dynamic I have in a lot of my friendships. Ever since middle school, I've been told that I'm easy to pick on or fun to tease. I definitely grew up in a household where I was sort of prepped to expect the world to reject me. Both of my parents are deeply insecure and somehow transferred that to me as an attempt at protection. Now in my mid-30s, I'm still haunted by friendships with people who seem to find a lot of pleasure in teasing me or picking on me, often about things that are reminiscent of what I got picked on for in middle school, my weight, or my lack of masculinity. Therapist after therapist gives me the same runaround about having self-worth and all that stuff. That's lovely, but it's hard to balance an attitude of not taking oneself too seriously and also not being self-deprecating. I think a lot of this is just sort of lazy humor that people have that was popular in the early 2000s and we've all sort of grown up from. One of the things I love about you and your podcast has been your evolution in your own sense of humor. I'm just really looking for some help and advice from someone that I think has their shit together and isn't so damn invested in who I am. Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hi, Brian. We have our special guest today, Bianca slash Roy. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Hi. Okay, so your friends, is it the same group of friends? Is it a varied group? I mean, is it a lot of people or is it? It's like a good percentage of my friends, but I think, mm. so I've got friends from my like teens and 20s from when I lived in Atlanta. And then I've got friends from when I moved back to California that are mostly people I met in my 30s. And I really thought that when I made that move, that I would be able to redefine that boundary of how I talked about myself and how I let friends talk about me. And I just noticed like the same pattern has started up again over the past few years. So I'm kind of at a loss. Okay, so what is the pattern? Can you give us some examples? Totally. I mean, it could be like little remarks from straight friends about being so gay or too gay, or you look straight until you open your mouth and start talking, or comments about my weight. I work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. So like jokes about me being the woke police, okay. or just stuff like that. I see. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I think these are just kind of leftovers. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's getting up to speed. If you're, these people are good friends in your life, I'm sure that they care about you, right? So it is lazy humor. It is leftover from we're entering, a, like, a world where, like, it's not cool to say that anymore, and some people are just kind of, like, they don't want to let that go. You know what I mean? It's easy totally. to make that joke. It's easy to make that reference. I'm guilty of it myself at times, you know? I just always have to remember, like, pick it up. Pick up your humor. So... I think you have to just have a different reaction than you've had and, and don't think of it as a reaction as much of a response where you are firm, you know, and whatever that looks like for you, like it can be a real conversation or it can just be like the way you react in the moment. Like, dude, if you still think you can say stuff like that, you're like mistaken, like get with the program. Yeah, I might be the woke police, but I know what's going on and you guys don't. It's not cool to make fun of people being gay anymore. It's not funny anymore. Get more clever in your humor. I think you have to be a little bit more aggressive than your probably natural disposition allows you to be. Totally. And I think where I've tried to like call people out on it, especially when it's stuff that I'm like really sensitive about, the immediate reaction that I get is, oh my God, you take yourself too seriously. Oh my God, you're too sensitive. And that's where I honestly like fall apart and turn into like a kid being bullied on the schoolyard again and just kind of want to burst into tears Yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to, like, handle it in a way that it's not a question, right? Because then they're going to attack you for being weak, and then that supports their argument that you're already too much of a whatever, too effeminate or too girly or too gay or whatever. Like, I think you have to just be succinct about it. Like, it's not cool, guys, at all. And not in a victim-y way, in a way that you're not the victim, in a way that you're taking charge of your life. Like, great. If you guys want to do that, that's great. But I have other friends that aren't going to treat me like that even though you don't yet let's just pretend you do yeah okay because we're going to manifest them and you're going to start talking and you're going to start attracting people that are going to be treating you in a more dignified way because the people you're around is always just a projection of yourself so when you start taking your gayness more seriously and with more pride instead of being a victim about it then you're going to be in a position of power instead of a position of weakness which it seems that you're in right now but that's easy to shift out of Totally. And you also have to realize that, you know, when someone says this kind of shit, like as gay people, we've heard this our entire life. As you said, you dealt with it as a kid and it takes you back there. Is it literally in your mind, you have to flip it and just go, I've heard it. This doesn't affect me on that level anymore. I can't allow it to affect me anymore. You got me. I'm gay. I'm as gay as it gets. Now, yeah. at me. what else you got? You yeah, know? I'm a fly away in about five minutes. It's just one of those things where it is it is a lazy situation. But yeah, once you assess it and just kind of in your own mind go, hey, I'm not that kid anymore and I don't have to put up with this shit. You know, and you do realize that when people are this negative in your world, that it does become exhausting. How much of it are you willing to take? How much are you willing to put up with? You know, and so I think if you put it on the line with them, then they have the option of either staying and being a better person or getting the fuck out, you know? It ain't worth yeah. all that. It ain't worth all that. Trust me. I've been called sissy. I've been called everything. And it's just one of those things where, like, if you say fag on the street, I'm going to turn first because I would react to it going, hey. But in the end, <laughs> I laugh at it now, you know, because I am a big fag in a wig. You know, it's my job. And Brian, you mentioned being self-deprecating. Is that something that you find yourself sort of leading with when you meet someone new or, you know, are in a new friend group? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I've been out since I was 13 and had a weight problem since I was younger than that. So of course, like the way that I've always learned to sort of be on the defense is to make the joke quicker than everybody else does. And through like years and years and years of therapy, I've learned that that's something I have to really check. But also it does make people feel more comfortable around you when you can show that you can make a joke about yourself. It's just such a hard boundary for me to find between being self-deprecating and then also not just talking shit about yourself. Right, exactly. You can be self-deprecating, but not when you're telling yourself negative things about yourself. There are different ways to be funny and make other people feel comfortable without putting yourself down. Yeah. Right, like Chelsea has a joke about like the difference between the sun and the moon, and she talks about that, (laughs) but she's not going around calling herself stupid. There's a difference between a shame-based 
you know, quote unquote, self-deprecation right. and something that's fun and lively and invites positivity into your life. So I would just be really careful. And maybe for a time you aren't self-deprecating. Maybe you take a break yeah. from that for a little while and start making jokes that are positive about yourself and see where that gets you. See what happens with that. Yeah, I like that idea. Making jokes that are positive about yourself. And also, you know, like whatever your approach has been or response has been thus far isn't setting the right message. So you should experiment totally. with some other responses responses you know and it doesn't have to be like you getting up and storming out when you're in a group setting and your friends are like not getting it it's about you laying down a boundary and going hey guys I know this is fun for you but it's so old and it's so not funny for me like this is my life I'm not interested in hearing about this anymore like if we can't have more clever jokes about me then like why don't you guys let me know when you're ready to hang out without making fun of the fact that I'm gay (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. when you're ready to do that and you feel more mature then great and you know you can try it like that but make it a non-emotional I know it's hard in the moment when you're having those interactions but I think this is a perfect example of something that kind of needs to be handled in the moment Mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. Demand and it's a good a exercise bit. for you. It's great, yeah. you know, because once you get a little bit of power, your power back, you're going to like the way that feels. And then there's going to be more boundaries. And boundaries are good. Like, they're not limiting. They actually are expansive because they make people behave in different ways. And they make other people expand their behavior. You know what I mean? So, like, you're not just helping yourself. You're helping other people around you. And you're setting up a dynamic that's much more respectful to yourself. Right. You know, I think there's also an opportunity maybe for you to express to your friends that you are making a conscious shift in how you talk about yourself and what you talk about. Yeah. I had a moment with my therapist where I was like, my in-laws are going to bring up such and such and I'm going to have to talk about it. And she's like, you know what? Just say like, I actually used to talk about that all the time and I'm not comfortable talking about it anymore. And then you change the subject and like think it's okay to do that in like a kind and caring way. Like, I don't really love joking about my weight anymore. Like, let's move on. You know, it's just like taking ownership over something, just taking ownership over it and also just realizing, hey, we've been there. We've discussed it. It's been beaten to death. Moving on. (laughs) Yeah. And I think being comfortable with that, like momentary discomfort, knowing it's going to have a positive payoff in the long run. Yeah. I mean, it's like I was talking about this last week. I was reading this book and I was talking about like letting go and dancing, even though you may look like an idiot, you're learning how to dance or you're going to you're going to let people see you kind of stumble. And for me, because I'm not good at dancing, I have no rhythm, but I was like, it's preventing me from dancing. Like, I don't want to be like that. I don't care what I look like when I dance. At (laughs) least I want to be that person. So I just, I was like, okay, I made a real effort this winter when I was up with my friends. When we went out, I was like, you got to dance all the time. Just dance as an exercise because it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. And it doesn't matter if people see you mess up. That's good. And it's a growth spurt for you to be uncomfortable in what you're asking and then see the result of what you're asking. And yeah. if your friends aren't respectful of that, then they're not your friends to begin with. You know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The bigger issue, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 But I'm sure that they will be. Yeah. It's probably me giving them a little bit more credit, too, and just giving them time to understand that, like, I'm having a shift in how I want to talk about mm-hmm. myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, was this helpful, Brian? Yeah, totally. Years and years in therapy can give you a bunch of tools, but sometimes you just need like a really good pep talk. (laughs) So this has been great for that. And I thank you all so much. And we didn't even charge you. We didn't even charge you. We are. We're going to Venmo you. Or do you Venmo us? Who Venmos who? Is it the purchaser or the owner or the buyer? I don't know. It's so confusing. Are we on PayPal? Send me the invoice. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. We'll send you an invoice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Bye, Brian. Good luck. Bye. A lot of questions that really like deep down are about people pleasing with two people who are, in my opinion, don't seem very concerned about pleasing people. No. (laughs) No. Well, I'm quick to drop a bitch. I'm just one of those. I mean, I think also just as you get older, you start to realize we ain't got much time. Like, do I really want to be bothered with this toxic person, you know? And if they're going through a moment, I never say never. So it's that thing of like, if you have a spell and you don't speak to them and then eventually you pick back up, all right, you got over yourself. We addressed it. Now you're in a better place. That's fine. Fine. But the the daily occurrence or just dealing with that annoying son of a bitch, I don't think I could do it. I just can't. Yeah. And also, these people aren't necessarily toxic. They just are not. They haven't been called to task for their behavior. Yeah. So if they were called to task for the behavior and then increase that behavior, then it's, you know what yeah. I mean? Then it's toxic. But like we have to give them a little bit of credit to understand that they might get the feedback and be like, oh, shit. 
You're totally right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry yeah. we did that. You know, that's also an option. And they may have just, like, gotten the wrong impression in the beginning of, like, he's teasing about himself. So, like, yeah. he's the guy yeah. who's... Yeah. Let me jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Exactly. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to wrap up with Bianca Del Rio and Chelsea. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. Along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald, the film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. Here's an important life tip. It is absolutely essential that you always know where to find a delicious sandwich at a moment's notice. Usually the answer is as easy as Jimmy John's. You know you're always getting some good sandwiches because they make them with fresh baked bread, premium quality meats, and hand-sliced veggies. Like their Italian nightclub made with salami, capicolo, ham, and provolone. Everybody loves that one. So if you're looking for the sandwich of sandwiches, order on the Jimmy John's app or online at jimmyjohns.com today. Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, Dad should be helping with that stuff, too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give Mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about the Books Company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. Probiotics can be a very important part of your daily routine. They certainly are part of mine. But sometimes uh, they're a hassle to take. So Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. With 1 billion active cultures, they protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they are designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, helping them survive the journey to your small intestine, where they're needed most. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at the checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. And we're back. <laughs> Bianca Roy, yes. I love your energy. Oh, well, thank you. know, listen, it's just what it is. You know, you, for somebody who wears all this shit in drag, I'm just basically a normal person, which is funny, you know, because you put all these layers on, you put all this madness and, and people just assume that you're going to be different. No, I'm still the same sad fag out of it. So it's no big <laughs> deal. It's what it is. Bianca, do you have any advice you'd like from Chelsea? Well, I'm just curious, though, Chelsea, you've been around. You've had the block. Uh, uh, the I've been block. around the block. You've been around the block. I've been around Jenny's block. And you've also been, you know, in and out of a uh, a big Italian rehab. sausage. You know, you've had a oh, rehab. Oh, that's good. I haven't done rehab yet. Is it? Maybe that's the question. Is rehab worth it? I haven't been either. Oh, actually, shit. to be okay. quite honest with you, I'm not. I'm not doing that in this lifetime. I also was going to say it's for quitters. But in I general, I feel like I was in rehab the last lifetime, and that's why <laughs> I'm acting like that's this. why you're so set against it now. <laughs> I guess, you know, the question I would ask is that how do you how do you maintain your sanity with with 
as many projects as you have going on because of the fact that you basically, you know, as a comedian, as a writer, as a person who's out there and, and making appearances and talking efforts, like even just now, giving advice to people, how do you find that balance for yourself to stay kind of in tune with yourself and also funny, entertaining, engaging in the business side of it as well? How do you how do you do it? I mean, I hate saying I have a practice. I don't hate saying it. I'm just not used to saying that. Yeah. But it is a practice. I practice it. I practice making sure that this is not my whole life, that yeah. my whole life does not revolve around my career. My yeah. career is pretty much the biggest thing in my life, but it doesn't take over my life. Like, I have a private life and a personal life, and I have friends, you know, lots of different groups of friends that have nothing to do with Hollywood, and I try to spend as much time as I can away from LA so that I am reminded about the rest of the world. Yeah. And I think that is a really important ingredient in, in, in terms of evolving and growing and learning. You know, I'm always trying to learn. Even when I'm watching TV, I'm trying to learn something. You know, I try not to watch stupid shit so that I can be educated. But, you right. know, obviously I watch stupid shit as well. <laughs> and, you know, what I'm reading and stuff. But it's, it's really important to, for me at least, it has been to remain very grounded in terms of my relationship with my family mm-hmm. and my relationship with myself not to be not to have it all encompassing you know yeah. to have like a wide berth of interests not a narrow field or to be like a hermit you know yeah. I always want to just go out and grow and anytime I can you know leave this country I do it so that I'm not getting recognized every single place and I'm not constantly being told nice things about myself or terrible things about myself either yeah. way it's not about me you know yeah. what I mean you want to get to a place in your life where not everything is about you right right i think i think that's definitely the issues that lie within it because it's so i guess with social media there's so much that's there out in the world and then everybody then starts to compare or analyze what everybody's doing in the world and there's a huge part of my life that i don't put you know as i was telling you before i don't put all my business out there on the street but what i do put out there you are going to be judged by so i try to maintain that sense of hey, this is what this is, and this is what my real life is. I just didn't know if that's, like, the best way to go, but it just seems like that works for you, so... Well, it's nice to integrate everything, you know, because whatever is happening in your private life and your personal life, you're able to bring with you to your profession and to your creativity and vice versa. So it's like it all feeds each other. You know, there is no perfect ratio of time spent in the public eye versus time spent in the private eye. But, you know, I'm a very public person. I'm totally down with that because I'm not trying to pretend I'm anything other than who I am. And I like that people respond to it. So I have a lot of gratitude, but I also have a desire to not, you know, I can't tell you how nice it feels when you don't check Instagram all day, one single time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you could go a day, 24 hours, and then you start to deprogram yourself, like it's fine to be on social media, but not scrolling for hours blindly and mindlessly. Like that is just, and every time I give myself time like that, I'm always feel it. I'm like, oh, you're fuller. Like you felt you've, you filled up your cup a little bit more today instead of depleting it with compare, Mm -hmm. contrast, gossip, looking at people, liking what they're wearing, not liking what they're wearing, whatever, all of that bullshit. So I think it's a good practice to try and just always maintain a little bit of, you know, some other interests. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. It was great seeing you. I hope I get to see you in person one day soon. Yes, hopefully too. Yes, we got to work that out. Next time you're around, we can make some madness happen. Well, yeah, we can have a sausage party. Yeah, sausage party. All about it. I'll order up the Italian. That sounds like a friend, uh, like a joke that one of his friends would make to him. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the sausage party. Jason has arrived. <laughs> Okay, have a great day. We love you. Thank you, babe. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And don't forget, everybody, my new special revolution is now streaming on Netflix. And it's badass. And then I'm doing a tour, a little big bitch tour. Go to ChelseaHandler.com for tickets. I've added some new dates. I added a date in Monticello, New York. I'm coming to Colorado, to Red Rocks Amphitheater. I'm coming to Kalamazoo. And then I'm coming to a bunch of places in Tennessee, Memphis, Knoxville, and Chattanooga. That's May 19th, 20th, and 21st. And then I'll be in Atlantic City, June 10th, which is almost sold out. So get your tickets. So if you'd like advice from Chelsea, just send us an email at dearchelseapodcast at gmail.com. Dear Chelsea is a production of iHeartRadio, produced by Catherine Law and edited and engineered by Brad Dickert.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Here's an important life tip. It is absolutely essential that you always know where to find a delicious sandwich at a moment's notice. Usually the answer is as easy as Jimmy John's. You know you're always getting some good sandwiches because they make them with fresh baked bread, premium quality meats, and hand-sliced veggies. Like their Italian nightclub made with salami, capicolo, ham, and provolone. Everybody loves that one. So if you're looking for the sandwich of sandwiches, order on the Jimmy John's app or online at jimmyjohns.com today. Probiotics can be an important part of your daily routine, and they certainly are a part of mine, but sometimes they are a hassle to take. Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply, valid through July 31st. We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support at every price point. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea. 